Well, thanks so much, guys. Who is everyone this morning on this public holiday? Is it Labor Day public holiday? Is that what we're doing here? We are taking a day off to celebrate a to celebrate working less. That's what Labor Day is about. So thank you, Lord, for the day off. Amen. Um, I was just thrilled as uh, Pastor Mel was just sharing communion. I, I just the the cross is so good. The the cross is so good. It's like God Himself. He He put Himself in the worst possible human situation. The, the, there is not a more there is there is not a more intensely horrible human situation than the than execution by crucifixion, and and, and God chose that as His mechanism for being your and my sacrifice. And uh, as I was, you know, just looking at that that amazing photo, the amazing picture, it's out of uh, The Passion, which Mel Gibson uh, directed the film a long time ago now. I was just imagining, like a little while ago, a lot of you will know, I broke my elbow and that pain was mind-bendingly, just nothing like I'd ever experienced. And I just imagine that, like that, not just on one arm, on two arms, and then hanging with no relief and no, for hours on end. I was just like, whoa, he did that for you and me to pay for our freedom to give all of heaven's perfection to you and me to take all of hell and sins consequences and pains from us and that's actually what the cross is it's a transference it's us putting sickness and pain it's not us putting it's god taking the sickness and pain and and anguish and mental anguish and, and, and into his own body into his own mind and exchanging righteousness, exchanging perfection, exchanging healing. He was absolutely naked on that cross. He took on the poverty, exchanging heaven's resource. It was the, the great exchange. And we can't look at that cross and, and stay the same. It, it changes our expectations. If we had to look at the cross theologically in an accurate, in a theologically accurate way, it changes our expectations. And what I want to talk about this morning is, is what are you expecting? Is what are you expecting? Of, um, for those that were here for our Christmas Eve service, was it Christmas Eve where I put everyone into therapy? Or I used, a, <laughs> used the church as my therapy? Where I was <laughs> basically, you know, you come, to, you know, I've been through a pretty rough little section. And, and I, at the moment, I'm, I'm just finding myself in an amazing section. You know, coming, you know, and, and like where where things are going really well across the board, and I'm just, and and the other day I was just really enjoying things, and I was I found myself actually stopping and thinking, wow, life is great. And I tell you, the second that thought crossed my brain, something said, don't do that. It was like whoa, and what it was was something just little thing I'd learned a long time ago, was the second you stop and think things are wonderful, they stop being wonderful. And I'd learnt that. I learnt that you can't stop and enjoy life because life will come and slap you if you do that. That was a, a lesson I learned. Problem is, I can't find anywhere in the Bible that says that that's an accurate lesson. There is no scripture you can show me that says this is the truth. 
just because that's been my experience, it doesn't line up with the Word of God, which means I have to make a decision at this point. Will I let my experience, will I let my experience be sovereign in my life or will I let the Word of God be sovereign in my life? It's, we have the, this is what true humility is. True humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. It's putting yourself below the Word of God. It's letting true, true, true humility. Moses, do you know how Moses described himself? Moses being the most humble man in the world. He deceived, that was his words. So humility is not dragging yourself around like a worm. Humility is actually submitting yourself to God, submitting yourself to the Word of God and saying, hey, you know what, God? Your Word is truth. Your Word is superior to my experiential knowledge. Just because I've experienced something doesn't make it so, if your word says contrary. So I've, as I've caught myself having that little moment, I'm like, I, I, it was one of those, it wasn't a long period of time, but it was long enough for me to have a little conversation in my Jacob head, and we have some pretty good conversations. There's a, you know, quite a dynamic, you know, I, I, I like to think that I'm, quite a self-aware person where I'm able to, you know, hear my thoughts and be able to reflect. And and, 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 and as I sat there, I was just like, whoa. And I'll tell you what, the first very second was I identified the feeling that came up. And I was able to put that feeling back to when I was a little boy. And I remember the moment the lie came in that told me you cannot just let things, you can't just be happy that things are good because they will go bad. And I'll tell you the exact situation was, I was—I can't remember the exact age, but I was a young primary school age, and the first time I really got this—the message—was when, like, my parents started studying when I was young, so we, we grew up without much money, and and then my mum got a job, and for the first time in my life that I—we had some margin, we had, had a little bit of extra money, and and I remember like I. I had pocket money and, and we were able to do a few things that I'd never experienced before. And I remember thinking, wow, this is so good. This is so nice to actually have my parents knowing that they weren't worried about money, to actually have a little bit of margin. And then just in the moment I sort of let myself just go, oh, this is good. The, the financial circumstances changed and things got even worse. And fast forward a little bit further, still in primary school age, I remember my parents were the only kids and my parents were the only parents in my entire class that were still married and I remember just being able to just like just being so secure in that I remember thinking you know what like just just being just being okay like just I remember just being so secure that my my home life was stable that my both my mum and my dad lived with me and 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 they were never going to separate because we were Christians and we we're in church and it was just something I never had to worry about. And I remember it was almost, it was, was within a, 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 such a close time to me actually feeling secure and being happy and just being okay with that, even though none of my friends from school's parents were still together. No, uh, my situ I was okay. And I remember it was basically around the exact same time my parents separated. And actually right then the message was reinforced. A little bit down the road fast forward a few more years I remember things 
had gotten really bad in my, my life. And I remember getting to the point where me and my brother probably had the biggest fight that we'd ever had growing up. So I would have been 13, 14, and he would have been a year older. And it was one of those times where, where life could not have gotten worse. We were hooked on drugs, depression, we're in therapy, which we weren't even doing. Like it was, was, life was bad. Like life was really, really bad. And I remember fighting with my brother and crying for the last time in my childhood. The, the last time I cried in my childhood, I was 13 years old. And I remember when I picked myself up after that, I was like, right, I can't hope. If I hope, I'm just going to get disappointed. And I, I think a big part of me died that day. And to, to reinforce it, late, about an hour or so later, my mum came into the house and our dog had just been hit by a car. And, and, and nothing, there was nothing. There was nothing from me. There was just... I said, she came in and she stood in front of the TV and told us the dog had died. I said, can you get out of the way of the TV, please? Probably not that politely. And, and the message came, you can't look forward. You can't hope. You can't look forward. There, there's nothing. And I remember that message becoming a truth to me. I remember that being something that was part of who I was, part of my, the way I processed the world. And... You know, God's been amazing to me throughout my life, especially since I came back to, to, to God when I was 21 years old. I you know, turned my life around. By All I did in turning is like turn to Jesus. There, there was the turn. A lot of other stuff involved, but that was the bit I did was I said, okay. And, and from that point on, God's been amazing. But one of the biggest fights that I've had is to actually believe that... God is good and that he wants to be good to me. And when things are going good, to be okay with that. I had to learn to get good with good. I had to learn to get good with good. And I believe that for a lot of people, especially those that have experienced significant trauma and significant challenges in life on planet Earth, which comes with those things, we, our biggest struggle is to get good with good. Our biggest struggle is to actually expect that good things are going to happen in our life. There's a passage in, uh, in Matthew where Jesus says, uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 29, Jesus is, is praying for a guy. He says he puts his, his praise for this guy, and then he says, you will have what your faith expects. He said, you will have what you expect. You will have what you expect. And my question this morning is, what are you expecting? What are you expecting? Because... You're calling it in. I was chatting with a friend recently, and they said, it's just one thing after another. One thing after another. Speaking about negative situations, their expectation was one negative situation after another. Situa after another. And to be fair to them, that's what they experienced recently was boom, 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 boom. But if our expectation is it's one thing after it, hey, let, let, in our processing of it, just a tiny, sh tiny shift in our, in our thinking, it's been one thing after another. 
It's not going to be one thing after another. It isn't one thing after another. What you're expect, Jesus said you will have what you're expecting. So we need to train ourselves to expect good things. Because the natural condition of humanity, let me, in Deuteronomy 28, some of us will know this passage well because the Bible, this is the blessings, the, the blessing uh, chapter in the Bible. This is what it actually talks about the, it's like a dot point checklist of the things we can expect as a cover, in a covenant with Jesus, as God's our children, as part of the family of God. This is a dot point thing that we can expect and it's amazing. But then afterwards, it talks about the dot point thing we can expect when we're out of covenant with Jesus, when we're out of covenant with God, when we're not walking with God. And this is, and so in part of this, it's talking about the things we can expect when we're not walking with God. Uh, Deuteronomy 28, 65, it says this, Among those nations you'll find no response, no resting place for the sole of your foot. The Lord will give you an anxious mind. Eyes weary with longing and, and a despairing heart. You will live in constant suspense, filled with dread both day and night, never sure of your life. An anxious mind. Eyes weary with longing, a despairing heart, constant suspense, filled with dread, never sure of your life. If you're anything like me, you know that feeling really well. You know it really well. See, all, all these good things that God wants to give us, when we give our heart to Jesus and we say, hey, like I did that time and I turned and followed, said, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. It wasn't boom and everything changed. The scriptures say that we receive the promises by faith. It means we actually have to take a hold of these things. We have to expect them. We have to interact with them and then we receive them. You will have what you expect, Jesus said. So we have to actually learn to expect. So before that point, we're living largely with dread, never sure of our life, an anxious mind, a despairing heart. Almost like a drowning sensation, if I could put it into a physical feeling. It's like we're drowning emotionally, and that's normal. If you're honest with yourself and you actually let yourself acknowledge what's going on, that sensation is what so many people call normal. Melissa and I have had the privilege of working alongside people that are struggling with addiction for, for many years now. And, and we're in a pretty, a perspective of it's very, we, we understand it because we were there ourselves. And I know why people do it. I know why people need to check out on a regular basis. It's because they can't handle now. They can't handle drowning you shoot some drugs, you drink some alcohol, you uh, do these different things, you gamble or porn or shopping or work or whatever it is that's your vice, eating, sugar, whatever it is your vice to get the chemical to make your brain feel nice for 45 minutes. I understand. I get it. it, it it's just you, so you don't feel like you're drowning. So you don't feel this anxious. It's just so you don't feel this... Uh, th this longing, you know, feel this dread, unsure. Day, I get it. 
And you're not alone. It's the human condition. It's, it's the human condition. It, it, it's normal. Just because it's normal doesn't mean it's supposed to be. Now, we need to get that. We need to, re- this is w- where our believers need to be able to separate ourselves and understand that normal is broke, normal is sick, normal is strife, normal is full of life full of problems. That's normal. Hey, I don't want to be normal. I don't want to be normal. I know what normal is. I don't want to be normal. Normal is in debt. Normal is struggling to sleep at night. Normal is fighting with people that you love. And I, and I put it like that because sometimes it's people that you're just conveniently next to and you're just using each other as a, some sort of a codependent mechanism so you're not both alone. That's normal. I don't want normal. Can I just tell you something? God doesn't want normal for you. Let, let me read what God does want for you. Deuteronomy 28. It's the same context. It's the same passage. It's the same section of Scripture that, that, that where, where God describes normal for people that aren't walking with Him. He describes what He wants to be your normal. And, and this is what it says. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 29, 28 verse, 20, verse 9. The Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he promised you on oath, if you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him. Hey, you know what? When we just had communion before, that's the command of God. That's the command of God. It is turn to him. It's put your trust in him. Receive his righteousness. There are a lot of details and things that will improve your life and parts of it and walking with him. And, and, and that's, it, it gets better and better and better and better. But the big piece... Of, of obedience to God is actually, Jesus said this, that the, the, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he sent. That's the big piece. Uh, to walk in obedience to him, then listen to this, then all the people on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. The Lord will grant, that, grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, that's your kids, the young of your livestock, the crops of your ground. Remember, we're speaking to, this was written to agricultural people. This is talking to people that that's their economics. Economically. In the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. He's saying that the life that he wants for normal is abundant prosperity across your family, across your finances, across your home. That's the life he wants for us. Now, when we find the Lord will grant you abundant prosperity. Now, that's a problem for some people. You know, some people talk about the Bible and, and say people are, you know, that, that the Bible's not about God doesn't want us to be prosperous and different things and all of this. They're wrong. They're wrong. I was thinking about this before. They're wrong. God wants you prosperous. It says right there. We just read that. Grant you abundant prosperity. The people that say that God doesn't want you blessed financially, that God doesn't want you in health, that God doesn't want your family to flourish, they're wrong. God bless them. 
I'm sure they're sincere, but they're sincerely wrong. We love them and all of that, but they're wrong. You want to get how wrong they are. and It says here that, their li- that our livestock is blessed. Some of you would have heard this testimony. A little while ago, we woke up and my dog was blind. We took her to the vet. Dead set. This dog, she's an awesome little dog. The, the bin dog. She's, just, she's awesome. Little Bindi. We love her. She's, we've had her longer than the kids. And she knows it. She, she's, a, she's a good dog. Anyway, and to really, no, no, I'll make the point clearer. I was lying, I remember when I was addicted to drugs, I was at the very lowest point of my life, right up there with the lowest points of my life. And I remember I was about, I was living with a family member, I was about to get kicked out because I had spent my rent on drugs. And I remember just laying there and just had this dream life in my head, this life where I was just like, all I, what I wanted was I wanted a, a, a really good wife, where at that point I didn't want, I thought any girl that would want to be with me after would have to be crazy, and I don't want to be with a crazy person, so that was out of the picture. But I deep down I wanted it, which meant I knew I had to be a, a good enough person to get a girl that was good enough for me to want. And then I wanted my own family, kids, particularly two boys. I remember just having this picture of two boys, and I'd already had their names picked out. Caleb and Ethan. I wanted my own home that I couldn't get kicked out of. I'd been kicked out of home. I'd moved on because of different things. I just wanted no more of that. But I knew that to get my own home, I needed to have a job. And I hated doing jobs that were meaningless and boring. And I remember just thinking, uh, the maths didn't add up. Five days of hell for two days of fun. It didn't work out. Like the maths were wrong. I remember I used to catch a train home after being out all night and I'm strung out on drugs, hang, like coming down, horrible shape. Like, you know, you see those people that you like want to throw money to when you walk past and like, that was probably me. But I'm there like that guy feeling sorry for all these people on the train going to work. And I remember, and that's, this, is, this is where I'm at. And I remember just, and, and then I'm, I was like, I wanted this, and I wanted a dog. I just wanted this wife, kids, house, job, dog. I remember that. And, and then I was... At the point where I just I decided that that was impossible. That was something that was outside. That was impossible. And actually, at that moment, I attempted suicide. So when it comes to this dog, this dog is part of God's covenant promise to me. And this dog was blind. We woke up blind. And um, I'm from a family. We're like, you know, I grew up from Belmont. Like, the dog, we love our dogs, but they're still an animal. And we, you know, pay $200 for this dog. And we had to... You know, my, my view on it is like, take it to the vets. Like, yeah, well, I'm not paying more than $200 to get this dog fixed. I'll buy another one for $200. <laughs> well, it's not quite that cut and dry, but it's, it sort of is. But, I, like, you've you got to understand. So I'm like, and she's been a good dog. She's old. She's had a good life. I'm thinking, okay, cool. But then Melissa, and she's my uptown girl. She's like, no, we take it to the vet. And the kids are devastated, and I'm like, right, right, right. I'm in guilt, like I'm feeling like a terrible person, like some of the comments just made then. I'm like, right, whatever. So we'll take it to the vet. The vet comes, and she's looking at her and touching around her neck and stuff, and she's, she's got cancer. Then she gets another vet from the different, another one. She comes, and she's got cancer. I'm like, okay. Um, and I said to the lady, I said, look, she's been a good dog. We love her, but I'm not, you know, politely. I'm just spending a heap of money getting her fixed. 
she's like, all right, well, just do one thing for me. She said, I won't charge you for, for this if you'll take her to the cancer specialist. You know, they got dog cancer specialists. It's a thing. I'm like, okay, sure. And then I'm feeling like, and I, got, I think I had one of the kids with me, and I'm like, I can't be that guy. <laughs> you know, like, and, no, and then actually, you know, where, it was, where, where, the, where the sort of point change was like, hang on, why am I worried about spending money on this dog? It's because I'm worried about finances and that God's not going to provide for me. And okay, I thought, okay, well, you know, put your money where your faith is. It's just a real thing. So I, I thought, okay, fine, I'll pay for this dog. And then anyway, I'm like, cool, okay. So I take it to, so then the next day, the, the dog's worse. Like she was already blind, but now she's like absolutely blind. And then we had a, um, a men's connect that night. And we're praying and I, I was teaching on this exact passage. It says your livestock is blessed. And I thought, wait, that second was just like. So b- to really understand this, before the kids got me to pray for the dog, and I'm like purely doing it for their benefit. Like if you've ever seen a show prayer, and I've, I know pastors and people get accused of doing show prayer. This was a this was a prayer. F- there was no faith, like zero. It's like, dear Jesus, bless the dog. If it's your will, if it be your will unto thee, healeth thy dog. If not, help her passing be pleasant and pain-free. And I'm talking bad praying, really bad praying. Like we don't pray like that at this church. And then I'm at, at this this growth group, and I read this passage, and I thought, you know what? She's my livestock, and she's blessed. No. The next morning, she woke up. We woke up. She was 100% fine. That night. That night was when the appointment for the dog cancer specialist was booked. I took her to took him t- took her to him, and he's looking at her doing all the things that the other vets were. He's seen their notes, and then I, s- I said, "Yeah, well, she's just totally fine." I'm like throwing food for her, and she, she's catching it. He pulled out a bag of Smackos. For those that don't know, Smackos are a little dog treat. He fed the entire packet to this dog, throwing it so she would catch it. And he's throwing it. To, he was just he was like a mate. I mean, an entire packet of Smackos. I'm pretty sure he's a vet. He should know you're not supposed to do that. But that's this blessing. And that's my dog. That's not my kids. That's not the future of my family. That's not my future. That's my animal. This is the blessing. This is the expectation that God would have us have. So what we need to do is adjust what we're expecting. So when I found myself... This week, thinking, man, life is good. And there was that little fear rose up, and I said, get behind me, Satan. Life is good. And then I heard other bad news, and I said, life is good. And you know what? I'm going to enjoy it. And you know what I did? I went on enjoying it. And what we really, I know, can we just get the team up as well? What I really feel like God's saying to us this morning is we need to align our expectations up with what God says. Like, man, I know a lot of you guys in this room pretty well. I understand some of the backgrounds, and I don't actually have to know you that well to know that you've had some really, really hard times. It's part of the human condition. It's part of life on the planet Earth, and I get that. And I don't, I'm not being flippant about that. But what I'm saying is that life teaches us lessons that are wrong. They are wrong. When we bring up those lessons and hold them and hold them as truth, I have to tell you, you are wrong. 
your opinion is wrong. Melissa spoke the other day so, so well about black and white and gray. And I'm, I'm a big gray area person. <laughs> we, we, we have differences of opinion. But we're pastors, so we don't fight. We have discussions. Sometimes they're passionate discussions because we're holy. But I'm, uh, and I'll tell you what, the, 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 the more mature I'm getting, the more gray area I'm finding. Uh, I'm finding there's lot, a whole lot less black and white than I originally thought. But I have to say, and I have to agree with Melissa, is there still is some black and white involved. And some of the times is our expectation has to line up with the Word of God. And if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, that expectation is wrong. It's wrong. What the Word of God says is right. What we believe contrary to it is wrong. When those expectations arise, I don't ever want to hear coming out of the mouth of someone from Everyday Church again, one thing after another. That'd be right. Why would that be right? Of course. Why of course? My Bible says that God, that you're blessed. That God's protection is on your life. That God's protection is on your family. God's protection is on your economics. Your God, God's protection is on your mind. That wouldn't be right. That's wrong. So it's not that'd be right. No, no, that's wrong. That's not right. My, word, my, my Bible says this. Therefore, my expectation is this. This negative, <laughs> these negative circumstances came to pass. They didn't come to stay. They came to pass. I just, let's stand, church. Let's stand. We're going to pray. We're going to praise. We're going to adjust our expectations. We're going to put some of those, and I want to speak to you guys that are doing it hard right now, which, you know, I doubt there's ever a period in life where we're not doing it hard in some area, but particularly you guys that are doing it really hard. <laughs> it's time to adjust your expectation. It's time to, sh it's time to adjust your expectation. I believe God wants to do something. This is, this is what I just right then, God just told me right now. I don't want to just do a miracle for now. I want to do something in you that produces ongoing miracles for the rest of your life. So God's going to bail you out right now. He's going to do that. But what he's also, but that's just a sign. The Bible uses signs and wonders to confirm the word. So the sign that God's going to do is he's going to bail you out of your problem. You're going to see there is going to be some pretty significant miracles happening right now. Some of you guys are going to be going home to, to different situations that you left. That, that, but that's, that's not what God wants to do. That's just a sign to confirm the word. The word is that God, that, that, that he wants a confident expectation of good from him. That you were to have a confident expectation of good, that you were to walk and live with a confident expectation of good. That's the word. That you are blessed. You're blessed by God. You're loved by God. And every part of the blessing, the protection and the provision, the peace and the love and the joy of God, is on you. You are pro He wants you to prosper abundantly so that people can see it and see that you're called by His name. That's the word that God is going to confirm by bailing you out of situations. Right now, I'm just prophesying over this church, over everybody that's listening, our online family. Right now, I break the, I just smash the lie 
I smash the lie that you can't hope. I smash it. I bring it down in Jesus' name. I call this church. There's a passage in the Bible. And it's in, in, in Zechariah and it says this. Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Even now I announce I will restore twice as much to you. Right now I'm speaking to everyday church. Return to your fortress of hope. Return to your fortress of hope. Return to your fortress. Return to the rock on which we stand. Lord Jesus, you are our fortress. We, we return, Lord God. We are prisoners of hope. We are prisoners of a confident expectation of good. Thank you, Jesus. I was about to say, oh, I just be so awesome to be you right now, but I realize I'm part of this as well, so I've received this too. In Jesus' name. Just while we're in this atmosphere of prayer and praise, and we're just going to praise right really shortly, and I just we're going to break through. But I just we're just going to say a prayer for those that are just have never started that relationship with Jesus, or maybe you have, uh, but you've walked away and you want to return. We're going to pray as a church together. And, and if, and if you, that's you that needs to be included, and I want you to join with us and just pray with faith. And that just means pray and, and just believe it, 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 that, that God wants to meet with you. Just repeat after me, church. Dear God, today I come home. Forgive me for living life my own way. From today forwards, I'll walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that for the first time and you're here, I just if you just would slip your hand in the air, I would just would love to just be able to see so I can agree with you in prayer. And if you're online, put it in the comments or email it to us and we'll get some resources to you to help you on your journey. Just one more moment. All right, guys, we're going to praise God. And I'm gonna, we're, we're going to praise. And as we praise, we're, we're, we're just kicking down those, those wrong ideas that, that we... And it's not safe to hope. We're kicking down those wrong ideas that say, bad things happen to me. When those things happen, of course, of course, why not? All of those things, because right now, when good things happen to us, do you know what I want you to say? Of course. When good things happen to say, yeah, it's one thing after another. When you're blessed, yeah, one thing after another. That's, yeah, well, that's my luck. That's my life. Well, because guys, if you're in Christ, the Bible says that you're a new creation. It says you're part of God's family, that you're an heir according to the promise given to Abraham. And guys, this is the promise. It says that you'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the country. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, your children. Blessed is your economic stance. Blessed is your peace of mind. Let's just worship, church. Let's worship. Let's worship, guys. I will in your promises yeah let's rest in those confidence. promises thank you jesus is your faithfulness i will rest in your promises my confidence is your faithfulness i will rest in your promises Faithfulness. Church. You can rest. You can rest in the promises of God. Your confidence is His faith. You can rest in His faithfulness. You can rest in the faithfulness of God. 
start to speak it out, guys. Let's start speaking to those. I believe my child will get off drugs. I believe that healing is coming to me. I believe that financial breakthrough is coming my way. I believe that my mind will be filled with peace. I believe that sleep is coming my way. All your promises are yes and amen. All your promises are yes and amen. Come on. All your promises are yes and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's keep worshiping. Yes and amen. I will rest in your promises. My confidence is your faithful. 